Hey, thanks so much for listening in to the Better Podcast. This week, I'm joined by some of the best athletes in Asia who will be competing at the Pacific Regionals. Before we see them take the floor, though, I get to ask them a few questions about how they got started with CrossFit, and that sort of led on to other topics that I think you guys will find very interesting. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Today, we have on the show with us Ant Haynes and Alex Younger from Coastal Fitness. Ant is a five-time regionals athlete who has competed everywhere in the world and is one of our favorite athletes here because he lives so true to himself. With him is Alex Younger, who's new to the region, recently moved in from Kuwait to work at Coastal Fitness. This will be Alex's second regionals, and we chatted to both of them about the importance of having training partners. We also dig a little bit into the Instagram fame that comes with being a good athlete, how they manage that, sponsorships, and last but not least, how they're feeling going into the weekend. And hey, if you liked these stories that we've been putting out, why don't you head over to their Instagram profiles and give them a shout out or a follow. They're really good people, and I think you'll enjoy following their content anyway. So without further ado, Ant Haynes and Alex Younger. Today we have with us Ant Haynes and Alex Younger from Coastal Fitness Performance Training. Ant and Alex are both second and third um, going into the regionals this weekend. And it will be Ant's fifth appearance at the regionals and Alex's second appearance in a regional, but not this specific regional. Um, They are currently calling in from Sydney and we're so lucky to have them with us. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, guys. Thanks for having us, Mel. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting onto this podcast and uh, answering any sort of questions you may have. <laughs> yeah, same thing for me. Excited to be here. Well, first and foremost, welcome to, to Asia, Alex. How, how have you been finding it and uh, how did you get here? Um, so far, I'm absolutely loving it. In comparison um, to where I, where I was, it's a, a much more diverse um, kind of culture bed which is really nice to be involved in and um, so for those that don't know um, I went from the UK finished university uh, finished the regional at the time and um, that I was involved in in a team with Team Tyneside and then moved straight out to the Middle East and um, to Kuwait and then I spent about three years in Kuwait in the Middle East and funny story when me and Ant first met we actually competed against each other in Kuwait um, and that was where we first kind of crossed paths. And then that's what eventually brought me out this way of the world um, to, to work with Ant and, and the guys over at Coastal Fitness. Awesome. Were you just so charmed by uh, Ant's demeanor that you just had to fly out to live with him and uh, train with him? Exactly that. It was his good looks that brought me out here. Um, <laughs> no, we had, we, had a good, we had a good conversation when we were like in the warm-up area and in the athlete area. Um, and I remember him saying, just like, if you ever, if you're looking for work or looking for like a transfer out to a different part of the world, just stay in touch. And then luckily enough, when I was looking for work, there was an opening at Coastal and then I got in touch with, with him and his brother. And that was six months ago now. Awesome. Uh, so do, do you guys train together just to get, give people some background? Do you spend a lot of time together in, in the gym or outside the gym? How do you guys relate to each other? Um, yeah, I mean, 
naturally with Alex coming over, um, with Alex being a competitor within the realms of the sport of fitness, um, yeah, we, we, we try to train together as much as we can. Doesn't necessarily mean we're doing the same thing or, you know, we're doing exactly the same lifts or whatnot. But, um, yeah, we like to be in the same room. We, we feed off well off each other's, off each other's energy. Um, and, yeah, there's always a good vibe when we're training in the gym at the same time. Um, having said that, I'm sure we'll get onto these questions later. But yeah, we've definitely seen a lot of uh, a lot of positives from training together, um, and I'm I'm hoping to be able to. I'm sure Alex is as well, be able to showcase some of the benefits that we've had from training together over the next weekend. Let's um let's go back to that first encounter you guys had at the competition in Kuwait. Was what was the name of that competition and who won? <laughs> so actually. Uh, this is my first. This is my first ever partner competition or te- even team competition at that um, that I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, all good mate and my good mate as well, Mr. Michael Mogard, <laughs> sent me a message on Facebook, um, and we'd both been in contact with the the guy who was running the, the competition. It was called was it the Flare? Flare Heat. It was called the. It was it was run by CrossFit Flare yeah. mm-hmm. uh, or Flare Fitness. It was called the Heat, I believe it was called. Um, it was a partner competition, uh, male-male competition. Um, the reason why myself and Mike were intrigued and kind of interested to fly all the way to Kuwait from where we were, pretty great, pretty big um, prize pot at the end. And we also knew that uh, Meridian Regional, I believe at the time, was on. So we knew that a lot of the higher-ranking athletes wouldn't be there. So we thought it would just be a nice little holiday for us. And I know it was, uh, I know it was Jay's birthday as well. So Mike was kind enough to fly Jay out with him, and he stayed with us. And uh, yeah, we ended up taking away the taking away the victory. I've got a couple of good stories about that, and um, Mike Mogo had never been on a assault at, at that point, um, so he <laughs> well, and, well and truly stitched me up in one of the events there. But um, I'll leave that for another time. Sounds like Mo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and where uh, where did your team come in, Alex? Yeah, we so my partner at the time again stitched me up quite royally. Uh, there was a, I think it was the final. It was like a, a big long chipper that started on started on your soul bikes, right? No, that one was uh, the swing across on it. Yeah, so the final the runner, runner. Yeah, the runner. The so the the final started on the run, and then there was a load of other movements in between. My partner was like, um, if you do A, B, and C movement, I've got the legless rope climbs like that. That's my jam. I'll mm-hmm. I'll do them. So I was, I'd done the majority of the work, getting through most of the workout and got to the rope climbs. It was like, okay, I can have a bit of a rest now. And my partner did one, turned around and looked at me and was like, I can't do any more. <laughs> at this point, I'd done like all of the rest of the work. And uh, yeah, so we, we were in third or second place going into that final event. And then I think we took, I think we took fourth overall. Um, so we just missed out on the podium at that point. Ah. Uh. Makes a good makes a good story though you have to say. It was it was a good it was a good competition it was well run it was good fun it was in like a big kind of I don't even know like bodybuilding convention. Yeah, it was yeah, it was, uh, mm. who's there? Was that also the competition that had like a? Oh wow! Was that also the competition that uh, had the you know most number of pull ups uh, comp as well? I don't think so. No, no. it was actually like. It was a tiny little CrossFit area, and the rest of it was just like supplementation um, stores, and yeah, bodybuilding competitions on at the same time. Cool, sounds like a big convention. Uh, 
do you so you mentioned a little bit earlier on that you're not necessarily doing the same pieces so for you and who's programming for you um and what does that programming look like um so i've been working with my brother who is ed haynes i've been working with him now for um probably coming up to about two years now but the last year has been a lot more um a lot a lot i guess we've been working a lot closer for the last year um yeah, he kind of he kind of helped me leading up to last year's regional, but we weren't really too involved at that point. Um, since then, we obviously sat down, set our goals, um, what I needed to do. Um, at that point, obviously, Alex wasn't in the picture at all, mm-hmm. um, and I set about my own way of going about that. Um, I mean, obviously, as you as you know, at the time we had we have athletes like Ed, we have athletes like Shingo, and mm-hmm. other guys who have you know, regional experience anyway. So there's always a good training environment, not necessarily training together, but, you know, like I said before, you feed off each other's energy. Hmm. Um, yeah, so basically once once um, Alex had reached out and we um, we settled everything and he actually decided to move out finally, we, um, yeah, we, we got to training pretty quick. And I know Alex trains with Chris Spieler and the, and the Icon program. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're both going to the Open at that point in the year around like November, December. Both have the same sort of goals. Um, both have very different strengths and weaknesses. So in what, what our program would look like normally would be, you know, I would go off, do my ABC work or my AM work. I like to do the same. And we'd meet up and link up in the afternoon and we would replicate like an Open style piece of training or we would replicate something that you'd expect to see in the open or regionals, obviously assuming that we get past the open and on through the top 10 in Asia. Um, as we got closer towards regionals as well through the open, um, it becomes less about, you know, obviously everyone's still got their priority work. They work on whether, you know, strict handstand push-ups, strict muscle-ups, Olympic lifting, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, you know, we had to start replicating regional style weekends. So, you know, whether or not the bar was heavy for me, light for Alex, or, you know, something was hard for him and easy for me. Um, either way, we would just get about it and we'd train together and, again, try to replicate competition as much as you can, whether it's warm up and then stand around for 10 minutes or move the barbell forward after every single set of things you do, you know. So that's when we actually really started training together. And I think that's probably when we, like I said, reaped the uh, benefits of actually training together. And we're able to replicate some sort of competition feel or the intensity that you would get in competition. That's cool. Um, Alex, what is, uh, so what is training with Ant like? Um, it's, <laughs> it's really good. So for myself, I, I run off um, like other people's energy quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always, had, I've always had training partners. I've always had like bros, as you would say, that I, like, I end up training with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where, like, which part of the world I've been in. I've always like been drawn to that one or two people that I enjoy training with. And I think quite naturally, me and Adam, um, again, I think it's just with with having having similar experiences in the sport and being being both relatively competitive individuals. We feed off each other's energy quite well. Whether it's, I mean, I don't like getting up in the morning, but I know if Ant's going to go train in the morning, like I I don't want to miss that session, and I have to go train with him, even though some days I do miss the morning sessions. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's great. I've loved the, the experience of being there um, and being training in that kind of higher intensity and having somebody to push me throughout all workouts, which is, which is obviously hard. Um, if, you're, if you're training by yourself, it's always hard to go to that, 
that little yeah. bit extra. Whereas when you've got somebody that's constantly nipping at your heels and you're nipping at their heels mm. and you're constantly trying to find that extra 1% and that extra 1% is what's going to make you better in the long run. And I think we, we complement each other really well in terms of, of movements and strengths. Um, I'm much better at weightlifting. He's much better. <laughs> He's much better at any of the, the, the strong man stuff um, and that's like a, a big weakness of mine is things like your carries and D balls and heavy sandbag carries and he excels at that stuff so we complement each other really well mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of movements wise so it works out really well as a, as a training group which is good so I hate to throw you under the bus here but I've seen so many Instagram stories from Ant's account about him waiting on a partner <laughs> what is what is training with Alex like, Ant? Um, yeah, it's fun. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, he Alex. I mean, this is kind of hard to hard to explain if if you've never experienced training with like a a really competitive CrossFitter. But like, Alex is like fiercely competitive. You know, whether it's just a training session or whether it's a you know an actual competition. You know, you can you can tell when when you know that, that kind of laser focus comes in and someone is really wanting to beat you or really wanting to like lay down a challenge like mm. you can see that happen and you can see it within Alex which is awesome like I said to have that atmosphere and that sort of energy feed off around you mm-hmm. um, but definitely I think I think there is a time and a place for <clears throat> for that sort of energy and that sort of competition which I think that now now that we've both kind of you know, we're, we're our really good mates now and something that has been built over the last six months. But, mm. you know, for sure, when, when Alex first turned up and he first walked into my gym and then he was a new guy walking into a new gym, mm. he'll naturally, he feels like he needs to prove. Naturally, I'll have something like that, you know, this is this is my hometown sort of thing, my home gym, like, I'm not going to let you walk over me sort of thing. But I think as, as the six months have gone by, I think it's got like a mutual respect about, when we need to push, when we don't need to push, when we should work on skills, all that sort of thing. And I think that's been like a relationship that's kind of flourished over the past, I guess, last three months really after mm-hmm. after regionals. Um, yeah, it's been really helpful for, you know, myself and I'm sure Alex as well, just, you know, feeding off each other, whether it's, you know, small hints and tips, that sort of thing, or just, you know, maybe we should ease up on volume here or increase volume here or work more on X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's been really good. Um, and like I said, and like you said as well, to have someone around that has the same goals and the same desire at the end of the day can always help you, whether it's, you know, keep you on track or keep you focused, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, it's been really good over the past six months. Sweet. I'm sure it hasn't been all rainbows and butterflies, though. Has there ever been a point where the fierce composition between the both of you guys being such great athletes that you guys are, where it's kind of gone wrong or it's impacted your friendship? No, I don't think so. Not, no, not, not yet anyway. Let's yeah, I've already, told, I've already told Alex I'm going to be turning off his assault runner during the three-mile run during the triple threes. Uh, when, I finish, when I finish and beat him over the line, that is. And when he finishes the power snap, well, I'm sure he'll uh, be coming to move my bars. I'm still doing my burpees. Um, but no, I think just by you know hearing that, you get the main gist of it. It's all, we, we, we do enjoy each other's company and we, we do know like when, when we need to knuckle down really 
focus in, but we also we can have a laugh and we don't take each other too serious and we don't take the whole the whole sport of fitness too seriously. Although yes, it is our livelihood to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you've got to be able to have a laugh and laugh at, at yourself and at each other. And yeah, you, know, you take yourself too seriously, you're going to be um, you're going to have some pretty dark times in your own. I think. But no, it's uh, yeah, we 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 get on really well. And it's, it's been really good fun so far. So just hope that continues. Yeah, I think to to add on to that. Um, like we, we tend to have quite a lot of fun during training and it's, it, there's quite a lot of jokes and banter thrown around and like, oh, I'm going to beat you at this workout. He's going to beat me at this workout. And there's like a lot of fun. And then I think like, as we both drew close to the open, like you could see, we both had like that switch of as soon as like three, two, one goes, or as soon as it's almost like game game day, like mm-hmm. we both kind of turn it on and it's time to like focus on what we're doing. But during training, it's always for the most part, quite lighthearted until we start the workouts or until we start lifting or whatever it would be. And then it's like, you almost have that switch where you turn it on and start, start being serious. But for the most part, we've had no, no arguments or no, cool. no head or anything like that. Very neat. Um, I think it was Rich Froning that was talking about how he doesn't care what programming you're on. As long as you ha- you give him uh, a good training partner, he's going to excel. So I think the value of having training partners is really understated. And obviously being in somewhere as, you know, stacked as Hong Kong, you, you know, you get sort of the best of the pool too, almost, which is really cool to watch you guys uh, do day in and day out. Um, My next question will kind of be about just sort of, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, Instagram because <laughs> that's primarily how we follow each other now and that's how I got to know that Alex was in town and training with you. I want to talk about, you know, just for the both of you, how how did you you both have a solid following on Instagram? How did you build your following and how do you see your following as a reflection of your life? <laughs> um you take the reins on this one, mate. <laughs> well, we have an Instagram shoot today for example. No, no, we have <laughs> Yeah. At the end of the day, we both have we both have sponsors here and there, um, and we both have our obligations that we need to be posting things on Instagram or social media at certain points in in the day or you know over the year, whatever it might be. Um, but at the end of the day, like it is a fairly decent reflection on our lives. I know I probably post a lot more of like my my social life as well. I know Alex probably focuses a little bit more on like his training life. And that sort of stuff but yeah I, we we don't we, we don't really think about it too seriously i mean it's great to have what we have and yeah we do like sharing our our journey whether it's through cross or our life through social media but yeah it's just something that we don't take too seriously yet it's definitely something that can and and should be in at certain points in time taken seriously um with content that we do post you know i'm, I'm sure we're both self-conscious like within our own rights about what we are posting and you know, we don't want to reflect badly on ourselves and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we do obviously have a positive influence on every post that we put up, mm-hmm. um, albeit ripping trousers off on the front of the beach with budget snuggles <laughs> on. But you know, either way, um, yeah, we yeah we, we we both enjoy Instagram and like you said, that's that's really how myself and Alex kind of got to know each other. I guess we just started messaging through Instagram and reached out that way, and that's how, like you said, you follow us and we can stay in touch with our sponsors and hopefully influence people that um, follow us as well. What about you, Alex? What, how much of your Instagram is a, a true reflection of your life? 
Um, I think it's quite quite accurate. I'm quite. I don't post as much as what a lot of people post. I try to keep it keep it quite simple on my Instagram. It's more of a like a training log of of my training, lifting, um, more of just like a self representation of kind of what I'm doing in the gym. Um, I keep my my social life and my my home life quite separate from it for the most part, apart from like things like cooking and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which is kind of kind of fitness related, let's say. Um, but I've, I found it massively helpful in terms of like of jobs and having that little bit of an Instagram back in makes it like when somebody checks out your Instagram profile and let's face it, everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like a first thing you do when you, when you hear of somebody is you Instagram them or you, you have a little look mm-hmm. and it's helped me my first job, um, moving to Kuwait. I, it came through Instagram. Like the first message I got was from the, the company that I moved out to for, mm-hmm. for through Instagram. And then again, I think I first met Ed, Ant's brother, um, again through Instagram. I think that's how we first started talking about me moving out to Coastal. So let's say over the last four years, it's got me two jobs um, all done through the the format of Instagram um, and just having that athlete profile on there, let's say. Mm. Uh, So for the both of you, how do you decide on what to post? Because clearly you have very different approaches and... um, and on on your account, you list sort of all your sponsors, um, and you yeah. you know you're very proud to let people know who you're supported by, what kind of brands you endorse, and what helps you with your recovery. Um, and on Alex, as your your profile is very different, like you said, it's it's a training log. It showcases your hard work in the gym. How do you guys decide what to post and when to post it? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think. If I if I have um, you know something like I'm I'm proud of something that I've done which I'm proud of or something that's like you know I've got a friend in town or whatever like I said mine's not just about my training day it's it's about I guess my life and who I am and like Alex said I think a lot of businesses now and just people in general maybe for us like clients mm-hmm. they'll look at your Instagram essentially you know your your online it's it's kind of taken over from LinkedIn now that's essentially your online business card yeah. um, you got a, if you got a decent ground following or a decent you know reflection of what people think your life may look like then obviously that can help you a lot and where you go but in terms of what I post yes I have like I said before certain certain um, brands and products that I am tied to which I should and I do post about but again the brands that I'm tied to are all brands that I believe in they're not like you know if i for example my nova 3 labs um supplementation i, I don't just have them because they chose they offered to to help me out a while ago um, mm-hmm. you know that's been like a relationship that's, that's actually really helped them and myself i i do a lot of nutritional work through nova 3 labs with my with my nutritionist who's awesome and you know that's that's really helped me i think over the past 12 months mm-hmm. um really nailing and kind of focusing on that um, but also, obviously, I push their products because I truly believe in, you know, the adrenal, the adrenal health stuff and um, sleep recovery, all this sort of thing. So, you know, I think I think it's really important that you know whatever whatever brand you do end up endorsing, if you're going to start blurting it out and pushing it to people that that follow you, then you got to have a pretty good reason to back it up and be able to say why you're posting about X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely proud of each sponsor that I, that I now have. Um, and yeah, obviously when I post, I, I have to be mindful and I have to be definitely have a filter on some of my life of what I post and what I put up. Mm-hmm. But again, I think, I think all my sponsors are also very, um, they're very understanding that 
my Instagram isn't just, you know, buy this, buy that. This is what I drink. This is when I drink it. This is how to drink it. And this is how to buy it again. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, it, it is my life. And hopefully, like you, like you said before, if, if I can influence people in a positive way, then I think all the products that are associated with me are going to help people in some sort of way. So yeah, that's why, that's why I'm associated with them. And that's why I would choose to post about them in the first place. Um, but otherwise, yeah, for me, it's definitely more of a scope on my life and Alex probably more of a scope on his life within the gym. Mm. Yeah, for me, it's just, I'm very photogenic when it comes to taking pictures <laughs> outside of the gym. I just take really crap pictures outside of the gym. So um, yeah, for me, the whole, the whole sponsorship thing, like I always, I always hashtag them. I always tag them in what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm quite selective and quite committed to the people that I'm, I'm kind of involved with. I've been involved with, with Nike for some time now, mm. um, probably the last four, four to five years um, with Nike. I've been involved with Fit It since moving out here, but that's something that obviously if I had the chance, I would always drink Fit Aid. So it's always something that I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to be involved with something that I wouldn't actually take myself. I wouldn't actually use myself. Mm. So all of all of the sponsors I've ever had in the past have always been something that I'm I'm, I'm committed to as an individual, or something that I'm willing to spend my own money on would mm. be something that I'm I'm willing to to kind of push out there or advise other people to to take or, or train in or whatever it would be. It's almost as if like you know you wouldn't want to be caught in a conversation in real life when people would ask you, so do you actually drink those stuff? And you you're almost having to lie about it. So yeah. being authentic from the very beginning is sort of the key when you decide yeah, and I, yeah, either either we're both quite lucky or we're both quite sensible with the way we approach things is well all of our all of our sponsors or all the companies that we're involved with we would choose to like let's say we had to choose any training gear to use we'd both still be wearing the same stuff mm. if we had to use supplement to to take we would both be still taking the same same supplement so um yeah, or the, cool. the same drink after pre pre post whatever it would be so i think we're quite lucky whereas i think a, a lot of crossfit athletes fall in the trap of having like 50 or 60 different sponsors mm. like of just random stuff like using grips that they don't actually use knee sleeves that they never actually use and then mm. you end up just being this like promoter almost for like other brands whereas if you're committed to one or two brands and they're committed to you as an individual, as an athlete, then I feel like you get that bond a little bit more with that company or that personal element a little bit more. Whereas if you're kind of just posting about the next best thing, then you kind of fall in that trap of just like falling down the rabbit hole of, of having too much stuff going on. Cool. Yeah. What, what was the process of like these sponsorships? Did you guys, I mean, obviously you guys were already using the products to start, start with. Um, and obviously you were building a following for yourself on the side and did those two kind of come together as, you know, as you guys started using it more and tagging them, they started to realize it. What was the process of them engaging you or you engaging them? Um, for me, the, the Nike, um, started out, um, when I was back in the UK, uh, started whilst I was at university. One of my good friends works for Nike and they were, this was at the point where they were just releasing the Metcon one mm. and they did a big, um, it was called the Epic launch or the Epic, Epic Metcon launch in London. Um, and they basically picked four or five CrossFitters from the UK that were not influencers, but like had a, a bit of a following behind them or that were competing at a decent level within the UK. 
Um, and there's about six of us, five to six of us went down. And from that point, I was lucky enough, I made friends, quite good friends with one of the guys who, who runs Nike Training Europe. Mm. And I've just stayed in contact with him since. And um, it's just been a, a kind of a blossomed relationship between the between the two of us and we're, we're good friends. We, we hung out at the Meridian regional and he sent stuff again this year. And then it's uh, luckily enough that's passed over and we're both involved with Nike out in Hong Kong. So I think just having that back in and then moving out to Hong Kong, it made it a little bit easier to get involved with, mm. with Nike whilst we're out there. Mm. Um, and then X endurance for myself um, was a sponsor that I used to have um, in Europe. Um, unfortunately couldn't have that out in Hong Kong cause they don't have a base yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about your Fit Aid. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Fit Aid. Fit Aid was something that I would, if I had the chance, I would always drink. Out in, out in Kuwait, there was no Fit Aids. Um, there was no Fit Aid kind of dealership, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Hong Kong, that was like one of my first things I wanted to get involved with was the the Fit Aid crew, um, and it's just something I've, I've pursued. And the guys that run it are are awesome and have, have managed to look after me since I've been out here. Yeah, uh, it's Topher and his his buddy, right? Who's yeah, running the yeah. yeah, sweet. Yeah, both super cool dudes. Um, both both run it really well and have been super supportive this season so far. So it's been again been a really cool cool relationship with him. I have to ask, and are you eating something, or are you microwaving something? I am. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> very very clear hearing. <laughs> no, it's that's like well. Good. I've got I've got headphones on so I can hear everything. Um, so what about you, Ed? What are you? Um, what was your following? Uh, sorry, what was your sponsorship uh, process like? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, um, like like you said before, this is going to be my fifth regional. So the, I think the the good thing with with CrossFit now is that. And, and I guess it's exciting as well. And um, it's a huge opportunity for athletes and new brands and all this sort of stuff is that CrossFit is still very much a sport, which is still in its infancy. Mm. So with that, with that, it means that, you know, companies have this massive opportunity, whether it's clothing, apparel, um, training wear or training gear, shoes, whatever it might be. They've got this, like, a huge opportunity to come into this market and basically their, their, their whole thing is that they have to throw out product and basically get it out there on the market. And at the moment, that's through really Instagram and uh, mm. Facebook. Um, no one really hears about it any other way, let's be honest. So, you know, it, it's awesome that these brands are starting up and try, trying to be out there, you know. Um, and that's when, luck, if, if myself and Alex are lucky enough, then people will stumble across our pages or, you know, look at our reputation, whether it's, you know, X amount of times to a regional or, you know, they see it, however many followers you got, whatever, whatever, whatever the case might be. But, you know, I think yeah. it's just a lot of it is luck. And also, you know, some, some of it is definitely people, you know, or, you know, you've, you've been lucky enough to bump into someone at a certain competition or mm. maybe like Alex said, you, you genuinely, genuinely just love that product so much. And you just say, Hey, you know, is there any chance that, you know, there can be a mutual, mutual agreement? Yeah together for me whether it's um nike hong kong or nova three labs noco or clean nutrition mm. um whatever it might be so you know yeah I've, I've been lucky enough to be able to work with with certain brands i've definitely started with some brands and then moved on to others 
um, whether it's because, you know, there was something that would benefit me more or maybe I felt like the relationship just became stale or whatever the case might be. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been very lucky um, in, on how it's all gone. But yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely a cool opportunity and it's a cool time to be involved with the sport of fitness and, and I guess Instagram as well if you tie it together. I think the, the both of you um, had something in like when you were kind of describing your process, there was something in common, which I don't want to gloss over here because the reason why I want to, wanted to go down this rabbit hole was because I think a lot of young athletes, especially those who are just starting out, not physically young in age, but like just newer athletes who are looking at you guys on Instagram and obviously with your track record of competition, they look at your following and think, oh, well, I can do that too. And then they start posting their workouts daily and they, they do all these things, but they're starting to realize it's not as simple as it, as it seems. And one of the commonalities between your, your accounts was that the both of you went out and competed. You went out there, met people and did things and did things in real life that actually got you these connections because building a following is not just adding numbers to, to your profile, but also actually knowing these people who are following you and whether all of them you've met in person, maybe not, but they've seen you on the competition floor at some point. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, we're not, we're not like sitting at home couch potatoes and just hoping that people are going to start following us. Yeah. We've, you know, we, we do understand that we are, like I said, still part of a growing sport and it's important to get your face out there, but also not just for that. I mean, obviously to expose ourselves to competition and to new environments and like you said, to new people, but you know, just the general, so being a social human being, you want to get out and you want to meet people and you want to, you know, you know, you want to spread whatever you want to do and whether that's through CrossFit or whether that's just through, you know, just general socialization with someone, then yeah. And like, like Alex said, he was, lucky enough to meet someone and then he became good mates to them and that's you know friendship is probably the most important thing and then the fact that there's a deal on the side that helps them out is just another thing so you know it's not always um there's not always like a monetary value at the end of the things at the end of these deals or relationships yeah. but yeah something that i guess flourishes through being uh but through being a social being and just kind of putting yourself out there mm. i think, I think on instagram it's quite you see a lot of people pop up into the limelight that have 15, 20,000 followers. Um, but for the, for the most part, I think, I think for the most again? part, what, what we post on Instagram is, isn't sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, having, having, so there's a lot of people that have, that have popped up that have mm-hmm. 15, thousand followers um and i think i think that's not for and they're not posting anything in particular they're just kind of posting six or seven times a day and finding things to post about mm. but i think what for the what, for the most part what we we tend to do is it what we post about is an accurate representation of, of who we are as individuals and what we're interested in mm. i think that's easy for brands or, or individuals to take a look at and think in in you're aware of the fact that everything you're doing you're you're committed to what you're doing um, whereas I think it's quite easy to see people where let's say they have a hundred thousand followers and they've got X, Y, and Z, like they've, they're involved with 50 or 60 different brands. They're not actually committed to one or two brands. Whereas I feel like we're quite selective with who and what we choose to post about. 
mm. which which helps us massively. And I think that just builds the relationship between between those individuals when it's a little bit more personal and you actually are caring about what you're pushing about. I think it's very easy to see on Instagram these days because mm. Instagram is such a big part of people's lives. And I mean, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money on Instagram and their livelihoods come come from Instagram. But I feel like you can't tell when people's posts are are kind of heartfelt and, and meaningful. Yeah. I think um, both of you guys clearly have a lot of fun training and that makes it fun to watch as well. Uh, just not even you yourselves going at it hard, but the back and forth between you guys, it's, it's very fun to follow. And I think that's why a lot of people come along for the ride. Uh, what is sort of the end goal for the both of you in the field of competition? I mean, considering the position of influence and following you both have. Oh God! Where where do we, what are you asking us? Where do you want the sport to take us? No, like what? So what would like? What would you be able to um, articulate as? I've made it if I win the regionals, go to the games. Like, what would be the end goal? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I guess, my goal has always has always been the same. Whether it's my first regionals and my last regionals, I. I'm doing this sport because I truly believe I can still succeed. Um, mm. If I didn't think I could succeed at regionals, I wouldn't be here. I'm not here to just make up numbers. Um, mm. Whether people were, you know, if, if everyone and then laugh at it, or actually people think I'm serious, you know, I'm I'm here to try and take a top five spot. And at the end of the day, you know, with the sport of CrossFit and and how it is, is just a lot of the time. Yes, you got to do your homework and make sure you put in all the work so you're good across the board. But everyone does have their strengths. Everyone has their weaknesses, and if the workouts come and they fall on you. Mm-hmm. You, you just got to roll your eggs in the basket and if it comes out and you end up top five then great if not then you know you got to definitely reevaluate and see what you want to do and if it's something that you still have the fire for then yeah you knuckle down you go again for another year and it's something that you know as being a competitive sportsman from playing rugby and stuff before that i i definitely fell out of love uh, out of love with the sport of rugby. um did i don't miss training rugby at all, but I miss playing. Obviously, it's unbelievable to run out into the Hong Kong Stadium during the Hong Kong Sevens. But you know, mm. I I thought that there's definitely more I could be doing with the other eleven months of the year. So I found that CrossFit and just I guess just training for this has filled that massive void that I had from leaving a competitive team or leaving leaving like um, a competitive sport. So being able to do this has been awesome for me. Um, it's it's much more tangible than rugby, whereas you know, you, you may win a championship, not, but, you know, with CrossFit, when you're doing it individually, everything is down to you. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you look back after the regionals or after the CrossFit Games or whatever the goal is for you, mm. you should be able to look back and like put your finger exactly where you went right, exactly where you went wrong, what you can improve, what you thought you did to your absolute maximum you couldn't improve at all, and the areas that you didn't do so well on, that's the area to work on next year. And hopefully you go better again, and then when you come back to the same competition, if you get the opportunity you sure as hell better go better than last year. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's definitely a random sport and it's very unique in how it how it's run. But like I said, at the end of the day, if you don't do your homework across the board, then your results won't show. So, yeah, my, my end goal, going back onto the original question, is definitely to become to, to finish in the top five. Cool. Alex? Um, again, agree with everything that Anne said with that. Um, I got into CrossFit a, lot, a good old while ago now. My best friend um, opened up a gym in, in Tyneside in Newcastle. 
Um, and that was like my, it was like my home growing up basically. So I've been in the gym as long as I can remember and being involved with people involved with CrossFit. And it's basically been like a massive part of my upbringing and my development into the individual I am now. Um, so I, I, my end goal isn't necessarily to, to make the games. Like I, w- I wouldn't be disappointed if I never made the games. Obviously, if the, the right events come out at regionals, um, I have the capacity to get there. Um, but if I never made that and I was competing at regionals for the next five to six years and I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, then I'm happy doing that. Like my, my favorite part of the year is involved with training throughout the season. Mm. Like I, I wouldn't change like training partners or training. Like that's my favorite, favorite part of the year. Competitions are a great part to see where you're at. But um, just love that grind, being in the gym and having fun with with what you're doing and enjoying the the workouts and the movements that you've selected and stuff. Like I find all of that stuff really fun. Mm. Unless they're strict muscles or pig. Unless it's strict muscle-ups or pegboards, then I'm not particularly happy. Um, but on another note, yeah, for the most part, I'll, I'll be involved with CrossFit until, until like, the day I die. Um, I love it. I'm involved, I've been involved with it for a long time. And I think that's where me and Ant differ slightly in terms of, of the way we look at it. Um, is I'm not particularly driven. Like if I never take a top five spot at regionals, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be disappointed or or kind of bitter with that. It's just way stacked when it when the old chips are on the table. I feel like with my capacity, with my age, with the way I'm developing in in areas that I haven't been good at in the past, I definitely have the capacity to do well. Mm-hmm. If that happens, great. If that doesn't happen, I'm not gonna not gonna lose sleep. Um, I'm here to enjoy it. I'm here to have fun. And I, I treat that the same way as when I train as well. Nice. I think that's the perfect segue for our last little piece here. Do you guys ever get anxious about competition, whether it's before the workouts are announced or on the competition floor, right before your name's called? When do you feel the most anxious? Um, I'll, I'll start this one off. Uh, when, so let's say, let's go through each part. Um, during the Open, I think... The open's a little bit more stressful because you have, you have like only a week to do the workout. So you're always almost like Russian strategy and Russian like changes and that sort of stuff. And mm. um, so the open, the open's quite a stressful five weeks up until after week four, week four and five, you kind of, you know where you're sitting or you know how the, the, the open's going. Um, but yeah, I think once you, once you've done the workouts once in the open, you're a little bit more comfortable with them. But as soon as that, that first workout gets released and you see the workout, you see the individuals do it, whoever it would be, mm. you always get like the butterflies in your stomach. It doesn't matter how many years you've done the open. <laughs> you still get like that little buildup of nerves. It doesn't matter what level you're going at either. I feel like everybody's the same. Everybody gets nervous before the open workouts. Mm. It's like, it doesn't matter. We've probably done... 50 or 60 workouts during the year that have been rowing toaster bar and, and cleaning jerks yeah that workout comes up in the open and you get really nervous about it i think that's just the it's also the beautiful, beautiful part of the open is it like puts you in that uncomfortable place hmm. but so that, that that's probably the before part of the workout is probably the worst part during the open during regionals at that point you've already tested the workouts maybe two or three times so you almost you almost know where you don't know where you're going to stack up against everybody else, but you know how the workouts are going to feel roughly when you're on the competition floor. But I feel like the 
the build-up to the events is always the worst. Like the warm-up, waiting in the pens, like you're like going into a gladi- gladiator battle. You kind of just stand around listening to the first heat going and like listening to the crowd and stuff. Like that's always the worst part, mm. like having to wait around and wait, wait before you're starting. Mm. Um, but once you're on the competition floor and three, two, one goes, it's almost just like, okay, here we go. You know how it feels. Everybody's done the movements before. It's not, not like anything gets released at regionals that you're, you've never done before. Um, like even the handstand walk this year, that's probably the funkiest thing that they've released. We've all done it three, four, five times at this point. So mm. it's Unless not like you get Latin on the competition America. floor and you're like, oh, this isn't. That is true. Unless you're <laughs> Latin American and then they just close the workouts completely. So I thought it was quite cool though. Kept everybody on their toes. Yeah, that's so too. Uh, what about you, Ant? Um, well, I mean, involves uh, for longer, but um, yeah, I mean, in terms of competition management, um, if you look at my track record with something like the Open, um, mm. if you ever been in the gym, I've done an open workout. Um, I've stupidly done each workout about a hundred times, so um, I known to do the same workout on the same day about 20 minutes after my first attempt not the smartest thing to do um but but with that it comes uh comes experience um and obviously you should kind of live and learn and you grow from every experience you have whether positive or negative um and something should come from it so and I've, i mean of course you, you got your support team so for me like having having someone like ed there maybe just to you know whisper in my ear don't be an idiot um, or maybe don't do that, um, that sort of thing, or, you know, a positive, positive word of encouragement. Um, but yeah, like I said, you, you live and learn, and the more competitions you do, um, it doesn't necessarily remove that butterflies or the feeling of anxiousness and nervousness, but you definitely learn to deal with it better. Um, I generally like to think that, you know, if I'm walking around the competition area or, you know, the days leading up to it, I am fairly chilled out. I don't, I'm not necessarily a big fan of constantly talking about CrossFit or at the, mm. before when I was playing rugby, constantly talking about rugby and like how we're going to play the game or if it's CrossFit, you know, how I'm going to lift X, Y, and Z or how I'm going to, you know, mm. execute this workout. I prefer to just live my life and know that when it comes to competition time, like I said before, I can flick the switch and just get on with it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, competition is competition. The day it doesn't make you nervous whether you know until when nervous butterflies is probably a good thing or you know you turn into a nervous wreck is the bad side of it you know either way if, if that doesn't happen to you anymore you probably don't love the sport that you're doing you don't love what you're doing anymore so it's probably time to stop um but yeah having said that you know i, I still get that feeling all the time i think i just hide it quite well mm. um i'm quite good at remaining stoic and just continuing and focusing on the job at hand Mm. Uh, that comes with training as well you know like I said before we I do like to have banter all the way leading up but once it gets to go time then you know I guess I don't call him Smeagol or a Hobbit anymore and it, you know comes to slapping on the ass and saying you know go, go out there do what you need to do and make sure you get the result that you deserve mm. um, and you know I know he'll be thinking exactly the same for me um, but yeah competition is awesome I absolutely love it and yeah anxiety and being anxious is just just a part of the sport and um, people who handle it well generally qualify for the CrossFit Games. Cool. Uh, do you guys have a routine that you kind of use to ground yourself before a competition? A way you start or end the day? 
I think the, the same way, same way we normally would like being able to have those people around you that, that take the, feel like a lot of people get caught up in CrossFit and talking about the events, how we could have done better. I could have put an extra kilo on here. I could have done this different of a muscle up that are almost, it's not that they don't care, but it's, it's the fact that they, they want to have other conversations with you. Like they're still very interested, interested in what you're doing and they, they're very supportive of what you're doing. Mm. But they they want to they want to be talking about other things and they have other things to bring to the table. And I think that always keeps me keeps me grounded. Um, my fiance she always like we when we get in nighttime from work or whatever it would be. Your boss, and likes to call her the boss, but she is the boss. Um, she she like we always talk about other things. We never really talk about like workouts. It's always like a quick quick brush over of, of what we're doing which for me works really well. It, it takes away the stress. It takes away like me overthinking things. If we're talking about normal life stuff and, and things that have gone on within our lives, it makes us, it makes me a more calm individual. Whereas if I was sat at home thinking about workouts and how I could have done them better, that always makes me feel a lot better. And I think that just comes down to having people that support you. And I'm lucky enough to, to have my fiance who supports me. Cool. Yeah, I don't know about Alex. I, think, I hope Alex fails at regionals miserably. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, no, but in terms of like how I how I approach it, it's like like Alex said. I think routine is king. Um, the more you deviate away from what you know, the more kind of variables you're throwing into the mixer. The more variables there are, the more likely things will go wrong. Um, which is why people come across to Australia or wherever their regions are to try and kind of climatize to the environment, to the community, to the people around. Mm. Um, make sure everything's comfortable. Make sure you can establish whether it's bedtime, wake-up time, the meals you're eating. Are you getting meal prep? Are you cooking it yourself? Do you know you're going to go out for a coffee? Where's your general coffee spot? You know, is the bed comfortable? Is the pillow uncomfortable? Whatever it might be. You know, The more routine you can put into place, the better, better off you'll be. Um, in terms of the actual competition, um, one... <laughs> One thing that I always do, and this has kind of been from my from my rugby days, mm. don't know why, don't ask me why, but I always get a haircut before any competition. Um, whether <laughs> it's literally just snip one strand of hair off or get a full-on lid chop. Um, it's just something I've always done. So I got my haircut done yesterday or the day before on Monday. Mm. Um, so I got that done. So that's the first thing to take off the list. In terms of end of competition day, um, yeah, I mean, being able to, like Alex said, once you, once you leave the arena and once you've finished with the workout, if, you, if you're unable to draw a line in the sand or just you know, draw a line and say, that was that, this is why it was good, this is why it wasn't good, it's done, move on to the next thing. If you can't do that, then you know, a lot of the time you won't see successful people you know, dwelling on the past and what went wrong. They'll, they'll quickly evaluate and analyze what went wrong and why it went wrong. Make a note of it, chuck it down in a journal somewhere if it helps, and they'll address it. You know, mm. a week or two after the competition when it's still fresh in the mind. But at the time of competition, there's no longer time to think about it. You move on with your life, and you move on to the next task at hand, which will be event two, three, four, five, and six. So, yeah, I think the better you get at doing that sort of thing, and I know it's something that myself and Ed have worked on quite a lot about quick self-reflection, move on to the next task at hand. Mm. Um, I think it's definitely helped rather than sit in a hotel room 
feeling sorry for yourself because you couldn't even complete a three mile run in the time cap, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that's really important for me. And uh, yeah, it's definitely helps. And so that's like kind of my competition thing. Sometimes like recovery stuff, again, just general work that I would have normally done, you know, whether it's use a massage gun, use an electro stim machine, whether it's sit in an ice bath, whether it's stretch for an hour, whether it's, you know, people might like to do a wrong word, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if I do that in Hong Kong, that's what I'm going to be doing, you know, in Oz, if that means I like to watch a movie, which the, uh, right now is The Greatest Showman, for anyone out there, this, um, <laughs> I might watch The Greatest Showman again. Sing along Great to those taste. songs again. Um, yeah, something that, uh, something that basically relaxes me and makes me feel good and makes me kind of switch out of the competition time and then when I need to, switch back in and off I go. Cool. Last question, and this is probably the most, most important question. Favorite song to listen to before you train? Have you heard of that and die? <laughs> um, before, before training or during training? Because well, it's two go- very different things. Oh, give me both, guys. Give me both. Right. But, well, before training, I mean, just out of what we've been listening to today, we're both quite partial to country music. Um, yeah. So before training is normally quite relaxed. What kind of country music, though? Give us like a, a sampler. What's a song? Um, it is a playlist or a type of music called Daka <laughs> Again. What? What is that? Um, so, so during training for me, it's always, it's always more upbeat. It's always more um, techno music. There's a playlist out there called Daka Dak, mm. um, which is always my go-to and it's aggressive Swedish and Icelandic techno music. <laughs> Um, which is always, which is always quite for me. It gets me in the zone of wherever wherever I need to be, whether it's for for the open or for training, whatever it would be. I know I used to add to that when he when I first moved over, and there was a few funny looks when we first played it. But it's something that grows on you over time, and it does kind of does make that that little bit difference for me anyway while I'm training. Um, but before training is always quite subdued and quite mellow, and then during training is where it kind of on a little bit. Okay. Um, myself, yeah. I mean, honestly, I I do love to have a little bit of a sing along. Um, <laughs> so anything that I can belt out, whether in tune or out of tune, doesn't really bother me at all. Uh, probably bothers the people that stood around me. Um, any anything that's kind of upbeat and lighthearted to start. Um, for something like a, you know, like like the open where you you sometimes want to pump yourself up, sometimes you don't because it's like a long workout. Mm. You know, I've had I've had situations in the past where I've had to literally turn off the music, walk out of the gym, come back in with different music on because, you know, I just couldn't control how my adrenaline was getting pumped through my body or whatever it might be. Um, I'm sure everyone's felt poor, you know, a certain song has been on and suddenly you're holding like a 3,000 calories per hour pace in the rower. You know, it's just just very different for each person. But uh, I think whilst I'm actually working out, I honestly have no idea what's playing, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, <laughs> The other day, I know a few people asked me when I was doing my three-mile run, like, you know, what music do you want to listen to? I was like, honestly, I literally don't care. If there's nothing, there's nothing. I'm staring at a wall or a monitor anyway, um, and it's just, yeah, I'm, that's basically my focus. I don't know whether it's intentional or not, but I don't mm. listen to anything. Like I said, beforehand, something to get me in the mood from lifting heavy, you know, probably someone shouting at me and punching me in the shoulder helps, and some loud music in the background. And if I'm about to go for a 45-minute, I put something that makes me chill out a little bit. But 
Mm. Nothing really at the moment. But like I said, I'm loving the greatest showman at the moment. So anything that the sexy Hugh Jackman and uh, Zac Efron <laughs> will sing, I'll sing along with them. Awesome. Cool. I think that's, that's all the time that uh, we'll take from you guys. I won't keep you guys from bed. And uh, good luck this weekend at the regionals. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. It. No problem. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the end. Don't forget, we have a brand new episode every day this week until the athletes hit the regionals floor. So come back tomorrow and join us for our final episode of the series where we talk to Gap and Jar from Thailand. This will be Jar's third regional and we're very excited to be talking to the both of them about the perils of training with your spouse or training your spouse in general. Come back tomorrow to find out more. Until then, peace out. Have a fantastic day.